Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. I am your host, Mike Patton. And on this episode, we will be talking about the Indianapolis Colts. And I have Mr. Jake Arthur here with me. He is the host of Locked on Colts, and he's also with Horseshoe Huddle as well. How you doing, man? I'm awesome, man. Thanks for having me back. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Always a pleasure to have you back. But, of course, uh, to start my show, I always do the Get Off Your Chest segment. You're kind of new to this one, so just go <laughs> ahead and kind of ride with me on this one. All right. But um, basically, the Get Off Your Chest segment is something I have that I want to get off my chest to talk about. But this month, though, I'm doing more Black History facts and things like mm-hmm. that when it comes to pertains to the NFL or anything of that nature. And one I have for this episode, we're going to talk about Mr. George Taliaferro. Okay. Now, George Taliaferro was born in Gates, Tennessee, in on January eighth, nineteen twenty-seven. He was uh, before his college years. He, he moved to Gary, Indiana, and graduated from uh, Gary Roseville High School. From there, he went on to play college football for Indiana University. Now he played there from nineteen forty-five to nineteen forty-eight. Um, he played halfback, quarterback, defensive back, and he played kicker during his time there, too. Um, of course, he dealt with a lot of prejudice while he was in college. Uh, he got barred from the living room of, in, in dorms. And he also uh, was there was conflicting, uh, I guess, attitudes from teammates about his uh, treatment on and off the field, which, you know, of course, during that time, that's not uncommon, unfortunately. Uh, I would say he was he actually was, you know, getting back to on the field. He was the leading rusher in 1945 and led the Hoosiers to their only undefeated Big Ten Conference Championship. Uh, of course, he led the conference in, in rushing and was uh, the first uh, uh, African-American to do so. Uh, he was a three-time All-American, and he also helped uh, break the color barrier in sports uh, playing for the Hoosiers because he actually did so two years before Jackie Robinson suited up for the Brooklyn Dodgers. Um, and as far as, of course, 1949, he got drafted in the 13th round of the draft, the NFL draft, by the Chicago Bears, which makes him the first African-American ever drafted in NFL history. Now, of course, he didn't decide to play for the Chicago Bears. He did play for the L.A. Dons of All-America Football Conference instead, played there one year, with Defunct, and then he, of course, joined the NFL's version of the New York Yankees. In 1950, uh, of course, playing running back. And, of course, he would play until 1955 with the New York Yankees, the Dallas Texans, Baltimore Colts. See the tie-in? Baltimore Colts. Yeah. Colts but, uh, and the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. And, of course, 1981, he was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame. Unfortunately, Tyler Farrell would pass on October 8, 2018, at the age of 91 in Mason, Ohio. Now... I knew you were trying to figure out how I tie George Taliaferro into the the Colts, but yes, he did play for the Colts organization at one Actually, point in time. I did know that. I did know that. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So you know, definitely, uh, you know, an, an interesting and uh, you know, interesting thing, and then interesting that Indiana owes him a lot because he pretty much was there for their best year of college football ever. Yeah, I actually didn't know he played for IU, but I I knew. I know I've heard Jim Irsay talk about him before, so I knew he had been on the Colts previously. And I feel like I've seen his name come up in record books before. Uh, but, yeah, I, d- I didn't know he went to IU as well, so that's that's pretty interesting. Yeah, it definitely was interesting. And it wasn't, uh, you know, like I said, it wasn't uncommon for the treatment that he had. It, it was yeah. amazing. It's amazing that the, the treatment that you get, however, 
they love you on the field, but the treatment off the field is like you're just some other guy. It's almost like, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of, you know, the different wars where uh, black people went to fight in the war and then came back home and won the war and people were excited and cheering. But when they come back home, got the same treatment, if not worse, like right. they were the enemy, which of is uh, very terrible, very terrible. And, you know, of course, we're still fighting for a lot of things in this day and age. Um, although it, it it's better than that day and age, they're still fighting for a few things as well. I uh, just wanted to bring that uh, get off your chest segment uh, again to this episode. Again, we're talking about the Indianapolis Colts. They have a new head coach. His name we will talk about on the next segment. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of Indianapolis Colts and the new head coach on tour in the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. Whether it's local or long distance, Milligan Logistics has you covered. Milligan Logistics was established in 2020 with over a combined 15 years of experience in trucking, hauling, and logistics, along with over 50 years collectively of project management experience. Again, whether it's near or far, Milligan Logistics has you covered with quality service, efficiency while taking pleasure in exceeding clients' expectations. Need goods moved short or long distance? Milligan Logistics has you covered. Just reach out to them at 615-354-2618. That's 615-354-2618. Or you can send them an email at milliganlogistics at gmail.com. Again, that's milliganlogistics at gmail.com. Welcome back to the show. And like I mentioned previously, the Colts have a new head coach. His name, Shane Steichen. Now, I will say, he does look just like Dak Shepard to me. He but, does. He really does. You know, that, that, yeah. He, I mean, honestly, I thought we were getting ready to get like a second version of, uh, you know, what's that movie with him and Seth Green, where they're, they're uh, the, the boat uh, and everything? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's going it's looking for like the treasure. Up the creek or, or without a paddle. Yeah. Without yeah, a paddle, yeah. there we. Go. I, I thought we were getting the second version, and he was coming <laughs> back as a coach of the Colts, and I was like, "Oh man, what yeah. happened?" No, it's got it's, un, got it's uncanny. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, and you know, to me, um, it was interesting um, that he got that job. I mean, what do you think of the hire and how it happened? Yeah, so at, at the beginning of the whole head coaching cycle, when when it was known the Colts were going to need a head coach, and that it probably shouldn't be Jeff Saturday. Uh, Shane Steichen was one of the very first names that came up as uh, it seemed like maybe more of a pipe dream than something that was realistic because, you know, he, he's helping orchestrate one of the most potent offenses, most creative offenses in the NFL. But uh, there was kind of an assumption that maybe some guys over with the Eagles may not want much to do with the Colts because of how the whole Frank Reich thing happened. You know, Nick Sirianni and a lot of that staff had ties to Frank Reich. And a lot of people, you know, thought rightfully so that the Colts did Frank Reich dirty with with how they dealt with that whole situation. So it was like a yes, give, you know, that, that's a wish list item, but probably pretty unlikely. Uh, so now that it's actually happened, great hire. Uh, the, the Colts really need a forward thinking offensive mind. You know, picking in the top five, they're going to be getting a new quarterback as well. So they have to have a head coach and a coaching staff around him that's going to be able to get him and, and to reach his potential and lead the Colts 
back out of the cellar to mediocrity and then above it uh, because, you know, the, the Colts, they, they rested in mediocrity for a while and now they've unfortunately gone below it. So I uh, absolutely love the hire. Uh, there's there wasn't really anyone else out there who I thought was going to fit the Colts particular situation much better. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, <clears throat> you know, I was going to ask you, of course, if you how you thought about the hire after uh, thinking on it and, you know, kind of breathing a little bit after it being over. But mm -hmm. I want to talk about the actual process itself. Uh -huh. It was an incredibly long process. I mean, they went through like what, three or four rounds of coaches, which is unheard of for, mm -hmm. them, for them to do that. What did you think of that process? Yeah, so you, you can't really you can't really argue with them wanting to get it right and being thorough. Uh, you know, they interviewed 13 people. Uh, they wanted to interview D'Amico Ryans as well, but he, you know, he postponed that interview to, to focus on the playoffs. So that's a crazy list of people. They cut it down to a list of like eight finalists, I think it was, which the the amount of finalists in itself is a longer list than a lot of teams you know, whole search. So uh, you can't really blame them for being thorough. The issue was going to be if they interviewed all these guys, a very qualified group, you know, a very diverse qualified group of, of candidates who all could make a case to be that. And if they still would hire Jeff Saturday after that, that's when it would have become a problem. Um, it going into mid-February was a little bit of an expectation because Chris Ballard said, they wouldn't have a problem with that. They wanted to make sure they found the right guy. Uh, so I, I don't really have much issue with that because at the end of the day, they brought away a candidate that, you know, he had to wait a little bit because of the Super Bowl as well. So that's, you know, that, that's not much of a surprise. But after all that time, they, they landed on who a lot of us thought was the right guy for the job. So it was an exhaustive search. Yes. And it, it gave us a lot of work to do, but uh I'm, I think I'm happy with the end result so far. They, of course, have to – they have the whole offseason ahead of them. They have to build this football team back up. So, so far, so good. Now, I know you said all the, 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 the great and wonderful and the correct things, <laughs> but I know there has to be one thing that you could potentially want to fix about that hire in terms of the, uh, the process. In terms of the process, hmm. That is a that is a good question. Um, I got one for you. Well, well yeah. Let, let me hear what you what you think. They could have eliminated Jeff Saturday earlier in the process. Yeah, I don't know how. <laughs> so I don't know how much of that was maybe to appease Jim Ursay, uh, but also, I mean, they received terrible <laughs> results from his tenure, but. He is somewhat qualified as someone who's done the job, at least for half a season. Uh, so, yes, that pro he probably didn't need to last as long as he did into the search. So, I, yeah, I, I'd, I'd agree with you on that. But from their thinking, we knew he'd be part of the process throughout. Yeah, I'm still trying to, you know, <laughs> wrap my mind around him actually being the interim head coach for a while. That That still kind of blows my mind a little bit, but, hey, yeah, I digress. <laughs> so now that the coach is in place and, you know, of course, you know, we've talked about Jeff Saturday and we've talked about, we haven't talked about another coach on that staff that was a head coach in Gus Bradley. Mm -hmm. Now, what do you think the hire of uh, Shane Steichen kind of means for Gus Bradley and potentially for a Jeff Saturday to maybe be an offensive line coach perhaps or on the team? 
Uh, yeah, so I, I think Bradley stays. Uh, he already has connections to Steichen from their days uh, with the Chargers. They're reportedly close. So the expectation is that Bradley and the staff stays. Um, will they make some tweaks like defensive line coach, you know, any of some of these younger guys, you know, they have some assistance that I guess they could move on from. But overall, the, the Colts defense was really good last year under the circumstances. Uh, they kind of fell apart at the end because the offense was so bad that like a whole defensive unit can't just carry things the entire way. Like they're getting no help. Uh, so if you give the Colts a competent offense, then that defense probably looks awesome. I, I'd have to imagine. Uh, they did a lot of good things. You know, they had their most sacks in almost like 10 years or something. I think they, they were really productive from that department. So I would imagine that uh, I'd imagine that group sticks around. Okay. All right. Now, one other name I want to mention to you, Jim Bob Cooter, probably one of the, yeah. the wildest names in NFL history. He's right. A former, yeah. uh, he's a former uh, Detroit Lions offensive coordinator, and he's actually coming from Jacksonville mm -hmm. as an assistant there to be the offensive coordinator for the Indianapolis Colts. What did you think of that hire? Or what do you think of the hire? Yeah. So, being that this this offensive coordinator isn't going to be the play caller, I believe Steichen's going to going to handle those duties. Kind of had your eyes on a couple guys like uh, you know maybe Anthony Lynn is someone who can really construct a run game. Uh, Pep Hamilton was another former Colts coach who's done some nice things uh, as a non play calling OC. Uh, Cooter's a good hire, I think. Uh, he's got a specialty in the passing game, and seeing as they're going to be bringing along a new quarterback, that's you know that's a positive. Cooter was here back in the Peyton Manning days, so he has connections to Peyton. He's coached Matthew Stafford, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so I think that's a decent move. He, he's got kind of a good track record with quarterbacks and such. So uh, as long as he is able to, you know, digest a game plan and give it to the players in a way that they can truly understand and, you know, help with the game plan and X's and O's throughout the week, I have no issues with it. I mean, he, he's a he's a highly regarded offensive you know mind around the league so I again I don't have an issue with it since Steichen is the play caller that kind of lessened the critical nature of the position uh, it's really the offensive line coach and the run game coordinator that they're gonna have to knock out of the park we'll definitely see what happens now you know of course you talked about constructing a team and that's going to be up next for this Indianapolis Colts team. And that's going to also be up next for us. We're going to take a quick mm -hmm. commercial break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about draft, the draft and free agency for the Indianapolis Colts. What does it look like? We're going to find out next on Tour AFC South after these commercial breaks. Did you see my picture at, on the artwork for the show? Well, it was taken by Joshua Silver's Photography. Let me tell you, he handled the whole shoot with class and professionalism, and he can do the same for you. Whether it's a model shoot, couples photos, headshots, attorney shoot, senior photos, or more, he has you covered. Just give him a call at 423-557-6746. Again, that's 423 five five seven six seven four six or you can check him out on instagram at joshua silvers photography to book your shoot again joshua 
Welcome back to Touring the AFC South. Uh, and of course, like I mentioned previously, we're going to talk about the construction of this Colts team. Of course, you have the head coach, you have the offensive coordinator in place. Now you need the players. You need the, mm-hmm. the, the, the meat potatoes of the team. <laughs> and of course, they do have the number four overall pick. And the prevailing thought is they're going to get a quarterback. So in your opinion, is that set in stone? Or is this something that could be a kind of a, you know, a kind of a, I guess, uh, you know, a trick for us. And then they may have another treat for somebody for, for the team and for the organization. Yeah. I I think it's all but certain that they go ahead and get their, their next quarterback right now in this draft. Now they could even trade up and do it. Uh, Chris Ballard was asked after the season, you know, because they're very picky In, in certain positions, they draft left tackle quarterback, they're not just going to draft anybody for those spots. Uh, so Chris Ballard was asked after the season, you know, if you think your guy is there ahead of you, would you move heaven and earth to go get him? you know, trade up and go do it? And he said, uh, yeah, without a doubt, if we thought our guy was there, we'd make it happen. So I really think they're going to get their guy this year. There's four good options. I mean, C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Anthony Richardson – I can make a compelling pros and cons for each of the four as to why they would fit with the Colts and especially Steichen. So I just, I'd be, I think everyone who covers the Colts, watches the Colts, whatever would be absolutely shocked if they did not use that top pick on a quarterback. Understood. Understood. Now, of course, other than that pick, the Colts do have the 35th pick in the draft and there's a lot of real good talent that is going to be there. Where do you think they go at, with that pick? Or, or I'm going to throw this out there, do they package the four and the 35 to move up to get the number one or two or whatever pick they want? That's Yeah, that's the thing is I think if they move up at all to any of those three spots ahead of them, it's probably going to include that 35th pick, uh, which I don't want to say it seems likely, but it's not going to be a surprise whatsoever if they try and move up. Um but, you know, they could try to – I think they need to try and bolster that offensive line, whether it's through free agency or the draft. Uh, if a guy like Osiris Torrance is there, uh, there at the top of the second and they still have that pick, uh, they could certainly make that move, um, you know, some projectment tackles, some guard. But, you know, I, I think if they really wanted an, an incredibly talented right guard to match with, you know, Quentin Nelson and, and guys like that, he fits the mold. He's nasty. You know, he, he fits right into that group. Uh, they could try to do that. They could also try and add more playmakers. I, I think the prevailing thought around here is that guys like Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods, they're really going to flourish in this new offense. Uh, but they could they could add another playmaker, you know, because Mo Cox is a potential cap casualty. Paris Campbell's a free agent. And Michael Pittman is – I, I'm not going to call him a possession receiver because he's capable of more than that, but that's kind of his role is that that dog X receiver. So they could use someone else to, you know, just be a, a big time playmaker, uh, take the top off of a, of a defense. So um, they're going to want to support that young quarterback with protection and with weapons. So I, I've got to imagine that's what they're going to be looking for in this draft. Yeah, I could definitely see them going in that direction. Um yeah, I, I yeah, yeah, I can, think, I can see them going that direction. Now, of course, you know we do want to talk a little free agency, and uh, of course, uh, you mentioned it, weapons. 
Mm-hmm. Do you see them adding any maybe kind of mid to low level weapons or kind of putting a, a little bit more money into that or kind of moving money around to get a few more weapons around whatever quarterback they decide to draft? Or, or getting free agency. I, I, let me throw that out there, too. Yeah, yeah so, so they don't have a ton of cap space. But I do – I've got to think that at least one of these guys with big contracts gets restructured. You know, DeForest Buckner, Braden Smith, uh, Shaq Leonard, those guys all have contracts you look at and say maybe we can rearrange some things, convert some of that, that money into guaranteed bonuses, stuff like that, just to free up more cap space. Um but yeah, there. I don't. I don't know how many splashes they're going to try and make in free agency. But a guy like Isaac Samalo from the Eagles, who's familiar with Steichen, that makes a lot of sense at right guard. Uh, a couple receivers like Alan Lazard or DJ Chark. You know, not guys who are household names, but guys who are capable players nonetheless. And honestly, a, a low-level guy I've had my eye on is um, Chris Manhurts from the Jaguars, the tight end. You know, about 29, 30 year old tight end. You're not getting him to be a playmaker, but you're getting him to be a capable blocking tight end, someone who's not going to eat into a ton of snaps from these young tight ends like Jelani Woods or Drew Ogletree. So that's like a real modest move I think they could make, but get really good returns on that. Okay. All right. Well, I definitely would be uh, interested to see what they do with those, uh, you know, those picks in that space because, of course, you know, space can be created. Oh, yeah. Simply by by restructuring. Now, I will say this. You did mention restructuring of the uh, Forrest Buckner or Braden Smith. If I am the Colts, Braden Smith gets that first call. I don't go to the Forrest Buckner with that <laughs> one because you don't want to poke the bear on that one. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's earned every penny that's on his contract. And it's not that these guys don't earn the money. But, you know, if if you're looking to make some more room and you can maybe – give them that money that's not going to count against the cap again, convert it into bonuses and think things like that. Um, that's probably a way that they can do it, but yeah, you're, you're probably, you're probably right. DeForest Buckner, maybe, may, maybe don't do anything that's going to make him unhappy. <laughs> kind of an right. important I mean, guy. Yeah. Cause you know, kind of making him unhappy would, would mean that uh, a lot of teams will be lining up to try to get him. Mm. <laughs> yeah. But Hey, we have reached the end of our uh, kind of time with, uh, you know, talking about the Colts in terms of questions about the team and the season or the off season, I should say. But there's always a game that goes along with the show. We've got five questions, two answers and one choice. Are you ready? Let's do it, man. All right. Who's more likely to get drafted by the Colts? Will Levis or CJ Stroud? Stroud. Stroud, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say because I've heard Levis so many times from Colts fans. From Colts, I think from Colts fans. I think they're both very likely. Um, they both have traits that a guy like Steichen would work with. They're both guys that Chris Ballard should love. Um, but Stroud has been the guy that we've really had our eye on for a while. Again, any of these top four guys, I I don't know. It's it's gonna be anyone's thought. You know, this player has to be accurate. They have to be able to create a little bit on their own. And really, they have to be obsessed with improving their craft and getting better. And, you know, any of these guys, you could say that about them. Um, I think Stroud is probably the most ready-made right now. Richardson probably has the highest ceiling of all of them and is probably the the biggest ball of clay at the moment. Uh, Bryce Young is probably the most pro-ready. And then Will Levis himself, he's, he's done a lot to make himself get better. He's done a lot of work with, I think, like, 
biomechanics people uh, to like get his, you know, build him himself up uh, from the ground up. Um, he's got, of course, an, an awesome arm and he's he's plenty mobile as well. So any of those four guys. But I think CJ Stroud is probably the most complete and ready uh, that you're looking at right now. He's got this. He doesn't have the size concerns of Bryce Young. He's accurate. He can move around. Uh, he's got a good head on his shoulders as well. So if I had to put money on any of the quarterbacks, I'd probably say Stroud. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll say this: you, you've given a lot of credit to Mr. Uh, Will Levis, but you know, I, I, I still think I need to see more from him, to be honest. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's just me. But we'll move on to the next one. Got two free agent wide receivers that you didn't mention: uh-huh. uh, Jacoby Myers or McCole Hardman. Which one wears the blue and white next year, potentially, in your opinion? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say Jacoby Myers on that one. Uh, Chris Ballard has a type. He's obsessed with size when it comes to especially receivers. Uh, So Jacoby Myers definitely has the edge on that one. And he's just he's the type of guy that could definitely fit into that that Colt scheme. You've got Alec Pierce that can you know, he's he's your your field stretcher, your your old school flanker. Uh, Paris Campbell, whether or not he returns, you know, he's your slot. I really like adding Myers into that because he can do some things downfield as well, but he's probably closer to a Michael Pittman type as well. Um, I really like Myers fit with the Colts. You know, he he's one again, it doesn't seem likely, but you would welcome that addition gladly. Yeah, he definitely. And he also played a uh, quarterback in high school. So, you know, he can, you know, do the trick plays too. Yeah. You gotta have, yeah. You gotta have your emergency quarterback out there. That used to be Zach Pascal. Right. Right. Now, of course, offensive tackle, we've got Isaiah Wynn or Mike McGlinchey. Which one, uh, if you had, if you were able to get one, which one would you want? Yeah, Mike McGlinchey. Give me that. Give me that. Now, the thing, the problem with that is the Colts' best tackle is Braden Smith at right tackle. McGlinchey is also right tackle. So it's like, who do you move around? If I'm not mistaken, I remember McGlinchey, I think McGlinchey was left tackle at Notre Dame. So he's done it before. Uh, plus he played alongside Quentin Nelson before. Um, so yeah, I'd probably, I'd rather have Mike McGlinchey. Isaiah Wynn doesn't really do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, of course, with Shane Steichen, you know, you've had the passing offense in one place and you've had the running offense with the Eagles in another. So do you get a balanced offense or a 60, 40 towards the pass game with uh, Steichen? Which one do you expect to see? Uh, probably lean a little more towards the pass. Um, I think it's, I mean, now no, that seems weird, of course, with Jonathan Taylor being on board. Um, but Steichen said they're going to, uh, they're going to pass to score points and run to win. So basically, you know, they're, they're I think they're going to let the passing game set the tone for the most part and run when advantageous and when they need to. I, I do still imagine Taylor's going to finish north of 250 carries. You know, I think he'll he'll still be very heavily involved, but that also means he can be more involved in the passing game. Uh, Deion Jackson catches the ball really well. Uh, they just got the guys to to be able to to do it. Um, I don't think it's going to be a huge discrepancy, like you said, 60 40. It could even be like 50 55 45. You know. Um, yeah, I think it'll lean just slightly more towards the pass, just because again they're 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 gonna have they're they're about to make a big offensive investment, 
with the new quarterback. They have an offensive-minded head coach. And in the NFL, that just kind of means skewed more towards the pass. All right. All right. And uh, my last one I got, veteran quarterback or rookie to grow. Do you think that they can tell you all these things and then go get a veteran quarterback again? Or do you think that they really do go as a rookie quarterback this year? No, I, I don't see him doing the recycling again. Um, <laughs> I've got to imagine it's probably orders from the top. We're getting a quarterback this year. Um, <laughs> no, I don't see them doing that. They've, they have a responsibility to their fan base to do the right thing and get, <laughs> get the future started. We've seen it all. I mean, I know they've checked in on Derek Carr the last couple off seasons. Um, they've, you know, Marcus Mariota was out there as well. Jameis Winston was going to be their fallback option if it didn't happen with Matt Ryan last year. So there are options, but I just don't think they're going to go in that direction. I like if they have a conscience, they're going with a rookie. Well, they, they could go six for six in that aspect. So, hey, you know, mm. you never know. You never know. But that's the end of our questions, five questions, two answers, and one choice. And that's the end of the show. So I want to thank you, Jake, for coming on. I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Jake, can you tell everyone where they can catch your work, where they can catch Locked On Colts, and any other things that you want to tell them where you can get, they can catch you online? Anything else? The floor is yours. Yeah, so I'm the deputy editor for HorseshoeHuddle.com. Uh, we are sealing the floor cold stuff 24-7. Uh, my group over there has been cranking out awesome stuff. Uh, really proud of, of what those guys have been doing, whether it's coaching stuff, draft stuff. They've We've got it all over there. Uh, Locked on Colts is Monday through Friday. My co-host and I, Zach Hicks, we are leaning heavily into, you know, what to focus on now that Shane Steichen is on board, what quarterbacks mesh best with him. Um, he's got something. My co-host Zach has something on each of these top four quarterbacks and uh, how they're going to relate to Steichen. So that'll be really interesting coming up. But yeah, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, you know, if you're listening to Mike and me here, just go over after this and check out Locked on Colts as well. There we go. And there we have it. And, of course, you can find him on Twitter at Jake Arthur NFL. That's J-A-K-E-A-R-T-H-U-R NFL. You can find me also on Twitter at MikePat82. That's M-I-K-E-P-A-T-T-O-N-82. You can also find Tornancy South on all your listening platforms at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts as well. Thank you all again for tuning in. You have been tuned in to Touring the AFC South with your host, Mike Patton. We're out.